This episode's been brought to you by the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund. For more information, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Greetings, Horns. This is Coach Mike, and welcome to Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. Today's episode, Coach Daniel and myself catch up with Texas Taekwondo alumni, Dr. Jessica Lee, and talk about her time with Texas Taekwondo and her thoughts on today's COVID-19 concerns. And hello, welcome to Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner, and I'm your host, Coach Mike, and today our guests are um, Dr. Jessica Lee, who was a colleague of mine, a friend of mine. We go all the way back to 2000. And then also on the line, we have um, Coach Daniel. Uh, so Jessica, hello. Glad hello. to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Daniel, also happy to have you here too. Pleasure as <laughs> always. Um, Jessica, we go way back. I mean, I, I can't think of too many people that I can think of um, being friends with for 20, 20 years or more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time we get together, we always talk about how long it's been and we always, oh my gosh, that's a long time. I mean, um, so we were both freshmen at UT. We both started at Texas Taekwondo at the same time. Um, but I've always been curious where did you start with Taekwondo before that? And what led you to Texas Taekwondo back in 2000? Okay, so um, I actually came into Taekwondo kind of late. So um, all through my younger years, I guess, um, I actually played tennis. And um, in my senior year of high school, I kind of, I guess I got tired of tennis. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I decided to try something else. Um, my dad actually had done Taekwondo when he was younger and he's actually a black belt. And so I decided I would just go and try it out. So we have, we have, um, I have a, um, a little dojo that's fairly close to where, um, to where we were living. And um, I, so in my senior year, I just started and I thought, Oh, this is actually really cool. And a lot of fun. It was um, great exercise. Um, there, uh, the, I felt like the training was also very helpful. It's very structured. Um, and so then when I went to, so again, this is my senior year. So then graduated, went to UT, um, and was trying to figure out, cause at that time there were actually two Taekwondo clubs. We had ours and then, um, there was the ITF version. So there was the, the, the WTF yeah. version and the ITF version. And, um, so I, you know, hooked up with our club, which was the WTF version and was closer to what I had learned, um, in my, in my high school. Um, and, um, just uh, that's basically been doing it kind of ever since. So yeah, I'm still actually in it. So that's kind of like a good thing. <laughs> you got your black belt recently, didn't you? Or a couple years ago? Yeah. So I got my uh, second degree black belt um, last oh, October or something wow, like that. Congrats. Yeah, something like that. So it's it's been a lot of fun. I ended up going back to the studio that I had started in in high school because I'm I'm back to living actually um, 
uh, near where my high school was. Wow. And yeah, so I'm back to my old instructor and it's actually been really nice. Um, wow. He taught me all of the fundamentals and uh, he's actually yeah. a grandmaster from Korea. And um, so it was, it's actually, it's actually been very nice going back. Sounds full circle. That's pretty neat. Yeah. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and when we were in Texas Taekwondo together, uh, we were both um, on, on the staff. We were both officers. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I always look to you to being like the most responsible and reliable. <laughs> one. Um, not that nobody else was, but I mean, you, you were very responsible and I knew that we could always count on you. And I mean, let's just be honest, whenever you put me or Dan and Wade together, we goofed off way too much. And then we were just uh, like keeping the organization together and running like a well-oiled machine. (laughs) Um, I I feel like you guys were like the sort of like the, because you guys were, you guys were the instructors and you were, you know, keeping everybody involved and interested in the club. And, you know, it's just that the club did have some things that you have to, (laughs) some of the paperwork stuff that you have to do, you know, with, (laughs) <laughs> with rec sports basically yeah. in order to keep it running um and i was happy to do it actually um because it was i mean it was not it was not like an overwhelming amount of responsibility it was just we basically just had to do like a report at the beginning and kind of an accounting at the end and that's pretty much it so well, i didn't think it was that bad I, I know you're downplaying it but i mean you also went to a lot of our tournaments too all right yeah, that's true that was more for fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like the Taekwondo club has grown into, cause like all of the things that I hear from the club now is like, has grown into, I mean, I feel like ours was much um, less formalized. And mm. so it wasn't so hard to keep up with stuff. Cause it was not, you know, I mean, we were, we were, we were a Taekwondo club, but also somewhat of a social club too. Uh-huh. And um, so I, I really don't feel like it, it was t- took that much to organize. I feel like now, because, uh, you know, the, the teams actually are very much involved in going to multiple tournaments and, you know, actually um, going to nationals and things like that. You know, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's a much more organized, much, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> much more elevated club. <laughs> I, I think you'll be relieved to hear that some things don't change. And, and while the scope <laughs> of our club has definitely increased and in the things that we do, it, it sometimes it gets hairy. It's definitely by the skin of our teeth every now and then <laughs> it's so. all run by college students at the end of the day so it, that's always the learning and fun part we're we're scrappy <laughs> we're scrappy we get it done um and you know college kids love to procrastinate so there's always a bit of that um hovering around every now right. and then yeah 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 but i guess yeah like <laughs> like, like you said the, the club's a little smaller there's a little less uh less of a scale going on there yeah but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this. I think working with the student officers in the past couple of years, um, they are all up to like Jessica Lee caliber. <laughs> <laughs> very enthusiastic, and very uh, dedicated to the cause, to the organization. And I mean, uh, they're very reliable. At the end of the day, I know I 
we can all lean on them and they will get it done. So, you know, that, that I, if anything, you know, you, you leave behind a legacy and a baseline, a standard of measurement, Jessica. Yeah, you'd be very proud and happy to see them. <laughs> well, I was very impressed, you know, at the tournament that, that right. you know, you guys hosted for um, the collegiate. I, I was very impressed by the organization that it took to run that and the, you know, the caliber of, um, you know, of, of participants that you have and everything. It was, it was actually, it was actually, I was very impressed. So clearly again, um, the club has come a long way. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You were a doctor um, volunteer at Collegiate yeah. last year. Yeah. That was actually pretty fun. Thank you for that. That meant a lot. It, it really meant a lot to see you again. First off, just to see you again. And then yeah. to see it our really alumni come back. back. Yeah, it really brought back a lot of those old memories. To be in, <laughs> to be in that gym. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Um, I hadn't been in there in years. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time I was there for was like a graduation during my time. It's been a while. I know, right? Yeah. It was so, so, so long ago. <laughs> but, uh, so, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been fun. The past couple of years since I've moved back to Texas, I've been doing more to reconnect with all the different classes and all the different alumni from the various years. And it's been quite an adventure, quite a journey. Yeah. I think you've actually, I don't know, you, you need to have some kind of like alumni story thing when you put out your newsletter. <laughs> you Maybe know. that's what these podcasts are for. <laughs> that's true. You could, you could just, yeah. in your newsletter, you can just say, please link to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, this would be a good plug for the Fundo Alumni Endowments that you, that you really helped put together, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that kind of goes to helping the club out, not have to do so much of like the paperwork and the and the fundraising, you know, because I remember doing the endless fundraisers was also not like the super greatest part of, you know, of yeah. Taekwondo. I, I mean, it was necessary, but I, I do like I hate fundraising. I really hate. Fundraising. <laughs> and so like if I can like do a little to help where they, you know, where you don't have to like beg people for money, basically. Um, you know, I think that that I think going with the endowment is the way to go. And, you know, if people even if people just you don't have to do like an endowment for, you know, many, many years, you could just, you know, even a one time donation, I think, helps to push it towards, you know, towards its goal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I do my best. I, I haven't, not, not so much yet, but I've been trying to um, educate more about the endowment that we have. And one way that I've been trying to frame it, and I don't know if I'm successful yet or not, but I'm trying to tie it in with um, responsible financial management lessons for like being an adult, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so your I'm trying to coming, your dad is coming out yes the, the dad side of me is coming out um so I'm, I'm trying to frame it to where you know I can teach it and teach about retirement savings and stuff like that <laughs> oh. <laughs> to college students and um 
Coach I, Mike, your Taekwondo financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need to have a podcast for that, I think. Oh, my gosh. I'd be very embarrassed. <laughs> Mike's, market, Mike's Marketplace? Yeah. Yes, Mike's Marketplace. Oh, there you great. go. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> the news, all stocks are still going down. <laughs> so true. <laughs> You know, um, I, I kind of picture myself as like a Jim Cramer, mad money type, or <laughs> I don't know, or like a meme, who knows, but. <laughs> oh, meme, I think it would be a meme. A yeah. meme, stonks, is, is that the meme? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, so, I mean, we're laughing at it, you know, I, I, part of the reason why I wanted to try it out is because. When I first came back to Texas and I, I started training with the club again, um, I was I was answering some questions. I was fielding some questions at the end of class, and I I, I made the comment was like, you know what, y'all can ask me anything. You know, it doesn't have to be taekwondo related. Y'all can ask me anything. You know, professional career, what life is like after college, that kind of stuff. And then one student raised their hand, and they just flat out said. Coach Mike, what's a mortgage? <laughs> oh. And you know, my initial reaction was to kind of chuckle at it, but they were serious. I was like, you know, that's a good point. I didn't learn about mortgages until I had to buy a home. And right. around that time, you're really stressed out about it because everyone talks to you and treats you like you know what a mortgage is, especially the bank. And really, you're, you're kind of freaking out because you're dealing with a lot of money and you're about to make one of the biggest purchases in your life. And deep down inside, maybe there's a lot of things you don't know about a mortgage that you want to ask, but maybe you're too afraid to ask. So That's um, true. I mean, it was such a painful process having to learn that too. So if you have someone who is more on your side and, you know, can, um, you know, can, can really be your ally and give you like the inside tips for it, I, I do think that that is a benefit for sure. That, yeah, that really, really hits home with me. Nice. Well done. Well done. I see what you did there. All right. That's Stonks. my pun. That's my pun for today. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. But I mean, in all in all seriousness, um, that's something that I've been avoiding just because it's one of those things that's like it's not in my imminent future. And then one day it's just going to be, and I do not feel confident right now um, in in working my way around some of the adult financial stuff. And so I absolutely would, you know, I'd be the first one in your 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 class, Professor Mike. So yeah, <laughs> you'd be the first one to Mike's market. Nice. Yep. I got a listener. <laughs> you need to write that down, Mike. <laughs> We've been giving them a lot, a lot of great ideas on this podcast. I, I, I know for the marketplace. Podcast. Well, also <laughs> we, he was critiquing uh, the form. You know those push-up challenges going around on social media. I don't know if yeah. you see, and everyone's like, "See ten push-ups, do ten push-ups." Well, um, Coach Mike was was uh, calling out some poor form, um, and we said, <laughs> "Well, heck, you know, if if you're gonna, you know, see it out there, why not be the change you want to." 
you know, be in this world. And, 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 uh, we, we proposed that he do a, a push-up clinic. <laughs> so. Oh, very nice. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Do you have all these great ideas for your podcast? Podcast sparking more podcast ideas. Yes. Right. Make sure, make sure you write these down. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm writing them down. All right. I'm writing them down. <laughs> you remember Jerry Campbell? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. So yeah, I actually hung out doing? with him. He's doing great. He's back in Austin now. He's in Round Rock. Oh. And um, we, we actually went to karaoke. <laughs> Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Just like old times. Exactly like old times. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, we went to karaoke, I think, um, before, before the Christmas break. Okay. And, um, uh, so yeah, he's still a lot of fun. He's doing really well. And um, yeah, uh, he pulled out a lot of surprises. So back in the day, I used to karaoke a lot with more with like Dan, Way, and Paul. Right. And every now and then Jerry would hang out with us in karaoke. But really, you know, all the other guys would, you know, be on the mic most of the time. But this time, you know, karaokeing with Jerry and he loads up the playlist. And I'm like, whoa, no way. No way can he sing all these. And he does. <laughs> but before he started singing, it's like, whoa, Jerry, what's up, man? He said the coolest thing to me. He goes, Mike, you don't live in, you don't live in Japan and Taiwan without picking up a thing or two about karaoke. <laughs> oh, wow. So he ended and, up living in those places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after college, he lived in Japan and in Taiwan. And he taught English for a couple of years. In both That's those countries. so cool. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I think his Japanese is pretty good. I, you know, maybe he'll, he'll correct me, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he he has experience living in those countries. That's so awesome. So, what is he doing now then? Uh, he, I I want to say he works for a defense contractor. Oh, okay. I don't remember which one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so you know, whenever we're in Austin again, we need to link up with him. Yeah, and and apparently go to karaoke, right? <laughs> That's what we do. I think <laughs> that is a that is a an age old taekwondo tradition. Oh boy, is it? Yeah. And I mean, I, Daniel, didn't y'all do that? Going to eat pho was an age old taekwondo tradition. That as well. Yep. Still <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so karaoke, I, I know in, in recent years, it's become a little less viable given just the massive size of the club as a group. But I, I, you know, I'm sure people still go in, in smaller groups and do that. But yeah, back in my time, there was you know, our, our annual uh, after collegiate social. And sometimes people would sneak off you know, later on. Coach Joe would take some of the, the, the coaches or the senior officers out for, for a karaoke session. Um, you guys used to go to was it uh austin karaoke up on uh um lamar yeah yeah yeah. so that was a newer one that Uh, didn't come out until like after college for me (laughs) yeah yeah daniel yeah (laughs) sorry i don't know i mean they they knew the taekwondo club they they knew us and they were always happy to see us and (laughs) we always cleaned up after ourselves So, mm. they so love when us. you're well known, that's probably not a good thing. 
right. <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one kind of faded away after after a couple incidents, but you know, it <laughs> still has a, a soft spot in my heart for a little bit of karaoke, singing my heart out with people who can't sing just like me. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, Jessica, I think we still go out for pho every now and then. Yeah. Um, I know recently Daniel, um, after a training session we had in Austin, they all went out for pho, didn't they? Uh, yes. I'm trying to remember Wait. where we went. What is so the one on campus on the drag is closed, right? I don't know what's still around. No, they still. Uh, I thought they. Oh no, you're right. It may have closed recently. Yeah, well, a lot's changed. Um, there used to be yeah. the one that was off of um, twenty was it twenty first near near Coco's. Yeah. The uh, UTFA. I think that one's closed. Oh wow. Um, but you know this place is popping in and out. Yeah, in in Jessica for us, back in the day we had to drive to Altor. Right. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, Dang. that's true. Yeah, we would have to go to Altor. That's very true. That's very very. They true. knew us. They knew us. They, and you know, they, they know even, us. they gave us a donation one time. <laughs> oh, I think that's right. Yeah, it was it was a couple, years and um, we were there all the time. They knew us. So yeah, um, let's let's fast forward to to recent days. Um, mm-hmm. You're practicing medicine, right? Yep. And you're right. in Houston. Yep. And you focus so, your, your your specialty. You, you you study like older demographics. You work with- right. So um, I am actually a geriatrician, which is sort of the opposite of a pediatrician. So PD, you know, peds is for kids, and geri is for um, older adults. We usually say age-wise it's like 65 and up, but really we don't we don't qualify it. If you have something that is uh, more older person related, like dementia or frailty or falls, things like that, then then you know then we see you regardless of age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have to ask you, how are you doing these days, especially with everything that's going on? Has it impacted you? So it's definitely the. I mean, the virus has definitely impacted. Uh, you know, a lot of healthcare just in general. Um, I think that we are making the adaptations though that we need to make um, in order to um, in order to cover what we're going to need to cover because the idea is that over the next few weeks there is going to be a surge. Um, and we, we do need to be prepared for that. So I kind of like to say it's, it's basically we prepare for the worst and we hope for the best. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of my usual practice, my usual practice is actually making house calls. Um, so I actually go to the patient's homes and I am their primary care doctor just in their home. Um, so we've clearly had to limit a lot of that um, and are doing more of the telemedicine um, kind of mm-hmm. thing where we're uh, making telephone calls to patients or we're video chatting with patients if they have that capability. And we've been able to keep up with that pretty well. But I know that our hospitals and things are going to be uh, really probably ramping it up in the next few weeks. And so um, I am also on a sort of backup call for if the hospitals get get really busy oh wow yeah yeah it's um when this all first started coming about i i don't 
I don't know. It, it, it almost seemed like a movie happening overseas first. Right. And then slowly making its way here. And it, it, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think back, especially to college students now, you know, each generation has these have these big events that define what happened during their times. You know, Jessica, for us, it was 9-11. Right. We were both sophomores oh, yeah. when that happened. Yeah. And um, you know, that impacted all of us in certain ways and it, it defines how we call to action. Right. And this is definitely this generation's call to action. And it's happening at for me as an observer, uh, it's happening at a much bigger scale than I would have anticipated or expected, you know. Um so for UT, the rest of the semester um is pretty much just gonna be done online. And I think for summer semester, same thing. Right. And um, yeah, just trying to think of ways to stay engaged with our community. And right. I, I think one of the things they are, where we all are, is just we're soaking up any bit of information we can get our hands on, you know? And, yeah, of course. And there's a lot of news out there, but I will <laughs> caution people to not oh, overreact. <laughs> yeah to yeah. the news out there because many times the the things that are portrayed on the tv are are either something that happens very rarely you know something that will will be more i guess generate more headlines so you know i think from a from a within perspective from from the medical side i mean i feel like we are you know, preparing for, again, preparing for the worst, hoping for the best. Um, and if we do our jobs well, um, we'll have, you know, hopefully the better outcome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, everybody should, of course, practice their hand washing techniques and the social distancing. <laughs> do do that. Um, but I also don't want people to just like become so overwhelmed by anxiety, by all of these sort of endless news reports about, um, you know, how, how terrible this is and how it's going to be, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, people are very, very resilient. People are very, uh, um, adaptive and flexible. And so, you know, we will all get through this together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting point of discussion between my wife and I. Uh, you know, ever since this all happened, she's she's become our household um, COVID nineteen expert, uh -huh. subject matter expert. Um, she's always reading the news and always keeping me updated with the numbers. And yeah, I, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm. I'm not naive to this. I do definitely understand and recognize the severity of it. But at the same time, I also recognize that there's, there's things in my control and I'm practicing everything I need to be doing. Right. And then there's some things that I just kind of have to, I can't control. And um, I, I just have to focus on other things that will get me through it. And, um, you know, right. constantly checking the numbers isn't going to help me at this point not right now yeah and it's only going to make <laughs> you more worried and you know there yeah. there are some articles about the, out there you know about practicing your mental health um you know while mm. 
while these changes um, are occurring. And, and I think that is actually very important too. So it is very important to try to, and especially if you have kids, you know, knowing yeah. that helping them to kind of stick with their schedule, keeping things sort of as normal as possible. They understand that, you know, there are different things going on. My, my, five-year-old you know asks me about the virus you know every so often yeah he actually says virus um but you know if you if you if you can keep them in a in a sort of a structured way and they're going to be very reassured that you know that their parents aren't freaking out or you know or even if you don't have kids um you know that you as an individual are taking the time to um relax you know go for a walk, um, you know, practice, whatever it is. Actually, I find actually that the Taekwondo, so going back to the Taekwondo, like I will sometimes like in the middle of my day, like go out and do some forms like in my backyard. Wow. Yeah, just because I find the forms actually very relaxing. Because I don't yeah. have to very much think about them. But you know, if you if you do the forms right, you'll work up a little sweat, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, so I actually I actually find, you know, Taekwondo to be um to be very helpful um, in, from a from a mental health standpoint too. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of on that note, uh, you know, from my side, I've actually started teaching my my two girls um, Taekwondo. Oh, cool! Uh, since we've been home, yeah, and uh, it's been a big learning experience for them, but probably a bigger learning experience for me. <laughs> Um, I've been sharing some of my stories with Daniel, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm learning a lot more about myself than I am about them teaching them Taekwondo <laughs> and like right off the bat. One thing that I've learned is I, the best time to teach them during the day is like probably right before lunchtime or after, yeah, right before lunchtime. Um, I get better responses. They're usually in a better mood, mm-hmm. kind of happy and they're willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried teaching them around like right before dinner time. So like maybe five or four. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. You, <laughs> Bad you know, idea. That explains a lot about me and why I hated Taekwondo <laughs> so much as a kid. <laughs> Is that when you went to, yep, to class? Yep, five o'clock right after school. It's like, I'm done with the day. I don't want to do anything. Else. Oh, yes. really, mom? <laughs> yes. That's exactly it. That's exactly what my kid, my girls like. Like, especially my five-year-old, when we, like, I would line them up and we start doing things and she would just melt down. Aww. And I was like, don't sit on the garage floor. Don't do that. And she's like, I don't care. I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> that oh, so man. Familiar, yeah. <laughs> so I, we have to, and it, it forces us to keep a schedule. So every, every weekday, um, around 11 o'clock, we will do Taekwondo for about an hour, hour and a half. That's pretty good. And then are you catching yeah. them like right before lunch? Cause I feel like after lunch, you know, everyone gets kind of sleepy yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. And then you're right in the evening, people just want to like wind down and not do anything. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm it, for me, it, it, it answers a lot of questions I had been having um like for the past year i had been searching for a taekwondo school and there were some in san antonio yeah. and then we'd try them out and i would i would always be like 
mm, I don't like what they're doing here. I would do it this way. <laughs> or it, it, this costs a lot for two kids. And I have to drive. And then I have to sit there and I can't do anything. So this, this solves a lot of, um, it, it, it answers a lot of questions I was, I was asking. Um, it's, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I'd like to ask um, for everybody, you know, what, what all have you all been doing to address, you know, mental health and mental fitness, um, you know, in these past couple of weeks? I'll let Daniel go since I just talked about mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, so one thing that I've, it's funny. Uh, I'm going to go a little off topic for a second, but I, I, I was looking at a meme. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. I saw a meme <laughs> that was comparing the world health organization's stance on video games before and after the coronavirus crisis. And they were saying, you know, video games, they're an addiction, sweeping the country, sweeping the nation, the world. Um, and then there's an article recently, and there's just a picture of the headline saying, World Health Organization recommends video games as a great way to tackle <laughs> coronavirus. Um, so, so yeah, I was going to say, actually, yeah, yeah that, that's what I've been doing, is, is I, um, I got into this game called Overcooked. Um, and it's it's a, a multiplayer game, so you can play it with your friends on the couch. I have a roommate, so we're not breaking quarantine or anything by hanging out. Um, <laughs> but we do that, and then I have other friends you can play online too. And so I've just been, you know, sitting down with some friends and, and catching up, uh, but also doing something fun and you know something that requires your your attention, kind of gets your mind off of things. It gets your mind off the day. Um, and I think it's better than just watching a movie because then you're just vegging out on the couch, not doing anything. Here you're thinking about, in this case, about how to cook dishes and then, oh, no, the kitchen's on fire. I got to get the fire extinguisher. So it's, <laughs> it's, it may not be the best way to lessen anxiety, um, but, but it, you know, it, it's something to do and it's something to, to connect with friends because I think that's, that's the, yeah. the thing that we need to make sure we're doing is connect with people. Just because we can't see them in person doesn't mean we got to let it all drop away. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I too started playing video games again during this, these past few weeks and, uh, my family, we recently picked up animal crossing what is that? and, um, <laughs> so animal crossing <laughs> it's on the Nintendo switch okay. and, um, I, I don't have a very good way to describe it, but you essentially do like everyday normal stuff you live in like a virtual world with these animal characters that represent you and you can connect to other people. So um, my cousins, we all got that game. So we all interact and play animal crossing together. <laughs> and, you know, this is, this is the part where, you know, I was, I was playing it and then I realized, you know, kind of how silly it was. So you, you have like your own little house on that game and there's like, weeds that grow outside and you can go outside and pull weeds and i'm spending a lot of time on this game animal crossing pulling weeds <laughs> in my virtual home and then i realized that's a lot of yard work that i should be doing in real life <laughs> at my own house <laughs> but i hate doing it but i'd much rather spend my time pulling weeds in a virtual game um yeah that was quite a wake-up call but <laughs> 
that's actually what my uh, husband's been doing in the in this uh you know in this social distancing is uh he's been doing a lot of yard work which actually makes me very uh, happy because then very you know, productive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like oh good you know gotta go and actually like you know do some stuff outside <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> work from so yeah I- there's definitely a lot of things around the house that I should be doing. So <laughs> your, your husband's one of the good ones. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I mean, like you, you can't just make everything like have to be super, um, you know, like productive and that kind of thing. Like you should do the things that, that you enjoy and that make you happy. Um, yeah. I think that's probably, you know, and that's, and that is one of the ways to, to help with the anxiety over the coronavirus is, um, is, is by sometimes like escaping and doing things that, you know, that are fun. Yeah. <laughs> are purely fun. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of people need to hear that because I don't know. I, everyone's again, back to the memes. I'm seeing people <laughs> saying like, if you don't come out of this with a, without, you know, a hobby and, you know, a side hustle and something, and, you know, if you don't come out swinging out of this coronavirus thing, then it's a waste of time. And it's like, well, it's really not, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't, so part of my logic is I don't want to contribute to what I perceive to be part of the problem. So you know, I'm going on my Facebook feed and I see everybody posting some kind of public service announcement about COVID. And I, I get their concern and I, 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 I totally understand where they're coming from. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of misinformation or poor perceptions being formed because of it. Sure. And I think because, you know, Jessica, you're someone that I, I look up to and I trust. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on all of that. You know, so for, for example, recently the news was talking, you know, weeks ago they said, oh, no one should be wearing face masks because if you're healthy because A, you don't need to, and then B, you're just going to be, you know, taking up the supply. So we don't recommend anywhere, anybody to wear face masks. Now, um, just in the past day or two, they were recommending that everybody, even if you're healthy, to wear a face mask. <laughs> Yeah, very confusing. It is very confusing. And I mean, the the situation with COVID changes every day. And so I think that that is part of the confusion. So if you go with what is done on one day, and then, you know, then it could change by the next day. I mean, I think there are a couple of um, points that are sort of more salient. So first of all, in terms of the masks, um, I think people need to understand that the mask does not um, prevent you from getting COVID. Um, because unless you have an N95 mask, the, the and and unless you've been tested for that mask to actually fit you, um, you are not wearing it. You're you know the, then then it doesn't prevent you from getting the virus. The one situation that I do recommend people wear masks is if you have your own symptoms, so like you are coughing or you have. Um, uh, some fever, or you have something that you think might be some kind of respiratory symptom. So the mask does prevent um, you from infecting somebody else. <laughs> mm. So that's kind of the biggest um, 
flip around, I think, that people sometimes need to, like, grasp is that the mask, mm -hmm. again, it doesn't prevent you from catching it, but it prevents if you're the one who's potentially transmitting it, it prevents you from coughing all over people and getting it out there. So um, I do not necessarily recommend the mask for, for general populations. I mean, the idea is that people are not supposed to be in situations where they're close to other people. So the mask really, you know, if you're, if you're truly like out walking by yourself in the park or walking by yourself in your neighborhood or you're, you know, relatively far away from uh, someone where a sneeze can't get to you, then the mask doesn't, it's not going to do anything. You're not going to catch it from the air. <laughs> yeah. So it's more of a more of a selfless action than it is a selfish kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. It's more yeah. like if you, yeah. So it's more like if you have symptoms and you're worried about giving it to somebody else, then by all means, please wear a mask. And you, if you know that you're also going to be in a situation where you're going to be close to other people, if you're not close to other people, there's no reason to wear a mask. Okay, I mean yeah. that that definitely helps. Yeah, you know, clear the air. Right. Um, that that was totally unintentional <laughs> by the way totally unintentional so my pun funny. my pun sense was tingling <laughs> I, I, I saw that coming a mile away I saw coming six, six feet away <laughs> oh, oh, oh. um you know for me it, <laughs> so for me the mindset was you know when i was in taiwan everybody wore face masks even when oh. there wasn't anything going on and i felt like it was just a general practice that a lot of Asian countries just practice every day in normal yes. everyday life. Yes. And, um, so but I'll, you also I'll, have to remember that in Taiwan and places like that, people are very close together. Uh, um, yeah. So, you know, they, they live pretty much right on top of each other. And if you're going to take things like a subway where everyone is packed on into a very small area, then masks actually kind of make sense, you know, for those situations. Mm -hmm. So I think it's 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 very much dependent on on where you are living also. So I, I feel like one of the reasons why you know New York and and Italy were kind of hit very hard by these is um, that people are very close to each other by by necessity they live very close to each other and so your spread and your transmission is going to be higher in those situations. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that definitely clears things up and mm -hmm. makes me helps me feel better. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I'm happy. I'm happy to sort of answer questions that you know people have. I've been, I've fielded a lot of questions from very random places, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I'm happy to you know try to help answer them so that they're not you know so that there's not all that misinformation out there about you know um, what you know about what's going on and what to do and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. I actually have a question. Wow. Yeah. Um, so initially, when this all started coming about, a lot of people were telling me, especially from my parents, were you know. So I have, I have a, um, I have a child that's under one year old right, right now. And everyone's like, oh, you got to watch out for, you got to watch out for them. Don't let them get sick. Don't get them that sick. You know, they. Well, I mean, first off, that's that's my number one job as a parent. I'm not. I'm going to do my best to keep them in good health, but. I think there was like a raised, like a, a more heightened concern um, of the impact of COVID-19 on a small infant toddler. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, that's, that's the initial concern. And then later on, I'm hearing things like, oh, you know, actually children, 
around that age are much more resilient towards COVID-19 virus than other other ages. And so it, it's, it's weird. That too has been a back and forth for me. Um, yeah. Now, of course, I'm not going to go out and try to get my kid exposed to COVID-19, <laughs> but yeah, at the same time. Have, like, you know, some people have like chicken pots parties. Yeah, please don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. I heard, um, I heard some UT students had a COVID-19 party though. Oh, yeah. no. oh come on, people. <laughs> so, um, the, the truth is, is that actually children, it's true, don't have, so children can actually catch it and carry it, but they tend to not have as much of the symptoms from it. And they don't have as much of the severity as they do in older populations. So this is a, this is definitely a virus that, that highly, highly, um, affects older people. Um, so basically if you are, um, 60, somewhere around the sort of the rates change, but if you're between 60 to 70, the rate of um, dying from COVID is somewhere around three to 4%, which is actually fairly similar to the seasonal flu. If you're in the 70 to 80 um, category, though, your rate, your, your, um, the rate goes up higher, so it's somewhere around eight to nine percent. And if you are eighty or above, um, it's actually pretty close to fifteen percent, give or take. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it is it is. But if you are in cat age categories that are sixty and below, the death rate from that is very very low. It's less than one percent, one percent to less than one percent. Um, so most people, uh, you know. Uh, and, and children especially, they really, really just might have some mild symptoms from it and, and, and it passes. Um, so we have, we do need to remember that most people who, even if you get COVID, are not going to have the complication or the, the very severe complications from it. Most people are not. Most people will get it, will have some symptoms from it, may not feel very good um, because, you know, sort of like if you get the regular flu, you get, you feel really bad. Um, yeah. you get regular flu too. Um, so it is not going to feel good. Um, but most people once most people will get over it basically. Um, okay. so, you know, I know the news pays a lot of attention to, you know, young people who have gotten it and then who have died and they didn't have any, you know, comorbidities or, you know, pre-existing conditions. Um, but those are, again, if you look at the actual numbers, those are very, very low. I mean, it's, Again, it's less than one percent. So the the odds are pretty good um, if you're in the lower age categories. Um, now, it you know this does not mean that you know all college students should go and have COVID parties um, <laughs> because you do have to consider that this does affect the older population, and you know pretty much everybody is around the older population, right? So it's your parents, it's your grandparents, it's your aunts and your uncles. Um, so you also don't want to be the cause of them having complications, um, you know, from or, or severe complications from COVID. It's I mean, it's very sad because there are, you know, situations like in New York, for example, where, you know, some patients who who die of COVID unfortunately can't have like any family members in there. Um, you know, they don't they, they're they're basically not allowed to have any visitors. Um, and so, you know, you don't want to you don't want to imagine that you're the one who brings it to your parent, you know, slash older generation, and then they die alone in the hospital, right? Oh, so, gosh, you know, yeah. right. So public health announcement, you know, please don't go and have COVID parties. Like it's not, it's not, 
it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Jessica, thanks again for joining us. Um, again, it's, it's always great to catch up with you. Um, I can't believe it's been 20 years since we were freshmen at, at UT. <laughs> and um, I honestly want to say um, thanks a lot for, you know, giving us more insight and answering any questions we have about you know, what's going on right now with COVID-19. Sure. No problem. I'm happy to help. Always happy to talk to you guys, too. It is nice to reminisce, uh, you know, just about Taekwondo in general yeah. and, uh, you know, the club and everything. So it's it's been very fun. <laughs> and again, I don't want to paint you as, you know, our residential um, disease expert, but, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of our students would love to reach out to you yeah. Um, regarding whatever concerns they may have. Or um, honestly, a lot of them are pre-med and some of them are graduating their senior year and going to start med school soon. So yeah. I'm sure they'd love to have another Texas alum to, um, you know, ask questions and stuff like that yeah absolutely i'm always happy to talk to anybody who you know has any questions or you know just wants to talk about med school in general or or whatever you know i'm, I'm happy to i'm happy to you know keep in contact with anybody who, who has you know who would like to uh <laughs> find out i guess more information yeah and daniel it's always a pleasure to hang out with you love it love being here anytime <laughs> I, i'm 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 totally not doing any work right now even though i should be it's, it's what, one two o'clock right, right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> on a yeah, friday I'll, I'll probably i'm probably gonna see you on animal crossing in a little bit cool <laughs> no but i mean you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have the kids hitting you up for your uh, nintendo id you know that now that you've announced you have animal crossing yeah uh <laughs> and by kids you mean not mine but taekwondo kids yeah yeah <laughs> the the kids with the capital capital k Quotation, you know. <laughs> right. But cool. Well, hey, once again, thanks everybody for joining us. Jessica, take care. No Please problem. visit us again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everyone stay healthy and um, hook them horns. That's right. Hook them. All right. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. If you would like to contribute to the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hook 'em. <laughs>